Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Now, this whole month, we've been looking at perspectives, seeing through the eyes of Jesus. And we looked at several different things. And before we jump into that, I just want to open us in prayer, if you don't mind. Invite the Holy Spirit to have his way today. So, Holy Spirit, we know you speak. So we're asking you right now to speak clearly to our ears. That is not as important as what as I say, as what you want to share with us. So speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what I realized? Over this perspective series, the worst thing in the world is the feeling like somebody judged you. Oh my goodness, the worst feeling in the world is to feel like somebody judged you. I have been on both ends of being the one that judged and being the one that was judged. Let me just tell you, like, when me and Pearl first met, she judged me. I know what you guys think. You thought it was a bad way. No, she judged me. She said, man, that man is handsome, strong. That's the one I'm going to marry. No, that's a lie. That's a total lie. I was loud. I'm a different race than her. I'm black. I'm obnoxious, and I'm not highly educated like her. So the first thing she probably thought was, there's no way in God's green earth this is anybody that God has for me. She was wrong. As you guys know, as Urkel said, I'm wearing you down, baby. That happened. So she judged me, but that's not it. I remember when I went out for peewee football, seventh grade. I remember, like, I went in there. I was like, yes, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to be the quarterback. You guys see my size, right? It wasn't much different then, right? So I was the big, I mean, back then, through middle, elementary, middle school, I was taller and I was big, right? Everybody else was shorter. So I went in there thinking I was going to be a quarterback. Not once did the, the coach look at me and say, you can go to the uh, court, quarterback line. Not even the wide receiver line, not even the, the linebacker or the running back line. He sent me to the lineman line. I played defensive, offensive line. He judged me by my size. And granted, he was probably correct. <laughs> but it was the worst feeling. I wasn't the fastest. I'm still not the fastest. I can't throw the farthest. But in my heart, I believed I was a quarterback. Right? That's a, the bad feeling. But men, you all, I've also judged people. I've done this and I, I, I dare never repeat it again in my life. I looked at a woman and I've asked her, was she pregnant? Whew. Oh, the work, young men, listen to me. Do never, even if that woman is about to pop out, do not ask her if she's pregnant. That's the worst thing you do, judging people. And I'm just, I'm giving you funny examples. But I want you to hear it. No one likes to be judged. You want to be, as you guys know, the, 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 the catchphrase is, don't judge a, a judge of books by his cover, right? You want to be judged by your merits, by your heart, by what you achieve, what you can accomplish. No one wants to be judged by their outward appearance. I would hate for anyone to come in this church and because they're covered in tattoos or because they look a certain way, maybe because their pants are sagging down to their, their butt. Ethan, put your pants up. Because their pants are sagging down to their butt, right? I would hate for people to be judged by their appearance. And I'm also going to tell you guys, we do it all the time. This session, this series that we're on, is helping us to change how we perceive other people. We're putting on God's glasses because our lenses has been messed up all this time. 
We've been seeing people based on what we believe, what we thought they were capable of, how they look, right? God's like, that's not how I do things. So over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at three different things, how God, how Jesus saw people. He saw them by their faith, he saw them by their heart, and he saw them by their potential. That was the first thing he saw before he ever dealt with their sins. He saw them by their faith. He saw them by their heart. He saw them by their potential. We said that if you do these things, if you begin to see people that way, it will begin to open up and allow God to flow through you to reach people you thought was never able to be reached. Teachers have to do this with every child in their classroom. They have to see each one of their child for their potential, for their heart, for their faith, to say that if I can just tap into this area, I can draw out of them and help them to be a, a, a smart, uh, a, I don't even know the words because you guys, I didn't been, spend much time in school, but somebody get out of the, you know, to, to be a good student. That's the best word. So we want to see, because the question is always, well, what do you do with sin? Was God always just talking about grace? Was he just sloppy grace? I'm just going to love everybody. I'm not going to worry about sin. What do we do with the sin? Because the fact of the matter is we live in a fallen world. And we're going to sin. We're going to sin. So how does Jesus deal with the sin? We're going to look at the story today. We're going to see it from firsthand account of how Jesus dealt with sin. If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. And as, I, as we turn there, I just want to re- tell you guys, this was our hope during this session that we got across. As you turn into Luke chapter 7, we wanted every person to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we wanted us to know that they are our brother and sister in Christ. Every person, red, black, yellow, brown, poop in their pants. I don't know why I said that. That was unnecessary, <laughs> right? Every person to know they are our brother and sister in Christ if they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we also want to know that every person that also doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is their creator. They're part of the creation that the Father did. And they deserve, they need to know about Jesus, to hear about Jesus. So no matter who that person is, they deserve that opportunity. So let's pick apart this next text so we can understand this. All right. So here's a story. Jesus, I'll just pick it up in verse 36 because it's going to tell us what happened. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to, to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his house, sat down and ate. So I'm, I'm going to read. I'm going to explain so we can do this together. All right. So a Pharisee, this was a religious leader. This is somebody like you and me, somebody in the church world, but they were holier than our thou. Those are those people that you don't come close to me because you're unholy if, you if your life is not the same as mine. That's those people that says, this is my reserve section, and how dare someone sit in my section. I have a reserved uh, parking spot. I'm in, in pause. I pull up some Sundays, and people are in my parking spot. I'm like about to lose my religion because of my spot. He's talking about us. Pharisees are people who have been so long in Jesus or been so long in the faith, and you forgot the mess that God pulled you out of. So a Pharisee invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus obviously met and ate with people who were different than him. Verse 37. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, 
She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Immoral woman. That's a prostitute. When a certain immoral woman, a prostitute, heard that Jesus was there, she said, I have to go there. Sinners were drawn to Jesus. Okay, we can keep going. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Continue reading. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Don't we do this? The Pharisee who himself needs Jesus. That's why he invited to have a, me- a meeting with Jesus. He wanted to sit down and have a discussion because maybe he don't know best. Then he saw that Jesus did not correct this woman right away. He go, if he, he, if he really was a man of God, he would know inside that this woman is a sinner. Don't we do this? We judge people all the time because our friends are trying to reach other people. Because they go places that we wouldn't go. Because they talk to people that we wouldn't talk to, we judge them and say, hey, if that person can't be saved. There's no way Pastor Jody saved is going to Scotland. Ain't no Christians there. You a heathen. We do this. Pastor, jo- Pastor Jody just won't Guinness. That's what he wants. Another pint? That's what he wants. We judge him. You guys, I'm just trying to keep it real, make you understand. We are the Pharisees in this story. You are not Jesus. If you think you're Jesus in this story, I'm sorry, 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 boo-boo. You are a Pharisee. Because you do this. How do I know this? I was raised in a, a family of six boys. And we had family members that were full-fledged Christian. I'm talking about holier than out there. These kids were not allowed to watch TV shows. We watched them. They weren't allowed to watch these movies. They weren't allowed to go to certain things. In fact, they weren't allowed to come to our house because we were the heathen kids. <laughs> we do this. We do this with our family. We do this with our friends. <sighs> 40. Then Jesus answered his thoughts because this man only thought it. He didn't even say it. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say. I imagine when this woman came in, everybody's laying around the table because back in the day they laid at the table. I I can't picture it, but they're laying at the table and they're not like, they don't have seats like us. This woman creeps in. It's not that big of a room. It's not like our houses now where you can creep in each space and look for them. Maybe one, two, possibly three spaces. But the woman got in and no one stopped her. She got down to Jesus' feet and no one stopped her. She began to wept at his feet, cleaning his feet, wiping him with her hair, anointing his feet, kissing his feet, and no one stopped her. It's probably just dead silent like right now. Everybody had their thoughts. The Pharisee wasn't the only one. His name was Simon, by the way. Simon wasn't the only one. But they were quiet because they didn't know what to do. But Jesus spoke up and broke that silence. By speaking directly to Simon's thoughts, saying, I have something to say. If you're here today, I want you to know that if you're struggling, Jesus has something to say. 
If you're in a life where you don't have no idea what's going on, what is God going to do next? Jesus has something to say. If you open your ears and you hear clearly, Jesus will speak into your life and he will speak life. He will draw you out. He will help you out. But his words will help you to get through your mess. I keep going. 41. 41. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people. 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces of silver to another. But neither of them could, pay, could repay. So he kindly forgave them, uh, forgave them both, canceling their death, their debt. Who do you suppose loved him after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one who he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. I'm pausing right there. Because imagine... You were owed, you owed somebody some money. Let's just say I let you borrow. Corey, I let you borrow $100,000, right? Because I trust you. You're going to pay it back. Tyler, I don't trust you. I let you borrow five. <laughs> Neither one of them can repay me. Corey comes, man, I'm in a struggle. I can't pay. You don't believe my car broke down. I got a flat. My, my, my mama got shot in, in Guatemala. It's all these things going on, Right? I forgive his debt, and I forgive Tyler's debt. I don't know about you, but when you've been forgiven more, you love more. When you've been forgiven greatly, when you realize that you're nothing but the scum of the earth and God still came down and reached you out of the pit of hell, you know how to love God. When you realize that you're a sinner, that you are nothing but a saved by grace. You realize how much God loves you. When you're that person that think, oh, God only forgave me because I lied one time in kindergarten. You don't realize what God did for you. You don't realize that God was willing to come here on earth and die on a cross for your sins so that you can live in freedom. No, when you forgive more, you love more. Jesus gave him the story because we understand worthy possessions. If God was to forgive my debt right now, my car payment, my house, whoo, I'm about to start. You know what I'm if, if I went home today and realized my house was paid off, we about to party. I'm going to put with Pastor Jody and we having Guinness. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. When you are forgiven more, you understand more. Oh, how I wish when I got in trouble with my parents. My dad would say, you ain't got to worry about it. I forgive you instead of getting the punishment. That beating. I'm black. We beat. Okay. When you are forgiven more, you can love more. You appreciate more. So they understood money. Jesus took that time to show them from a financial standpoint. Because your money is important to you. Okay. Verse 44. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. Notice he wasn't speaking to the woman at this point. He looked at the woman, but he was still speaking to Simon. He said, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer water to wash the dust off my feet. But she washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. It was customary for people who had guests to have a servant at the door with a bowl of water to wash their feet and dry their feet because they didn't have shoes like us. They wore sandals like our teenagers do in the middle of winter. You know what I'm talking about. They wore the Jesus sandals. 
And they walked through all type of stuff to get there. So it was customary to wash their feet. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. It was customary for you to greet a guest with a kiss as a mark of joy. Hey, we're happy you're here. We're going to have a good time. Kiss him on the cheek. She said, you didn't do this. You neglected the courtesy of, of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare, with rare perfume. I want you guys to understand, the very things that he didn't do, this woman did voluntarily, and this wasn't her party. The very thing this Pharisee didn't do when he invited Jesus by a show of, I'm better than you, This woman said, there's nothing above me. I'm nothing but a humble, lowly servant. I can only bear to be at his feet. Sometimes, sometimes you have to be willing to get off your high horse to meet with Jesus. I know you think you got it all together. I know you do. Go ahead, Sarah. I know you do. But you got to bow down low. You got to humble yourself before the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. You have to come to his feet to realize your need for him. I'll keep going because that's not even a part of the message right now. Here we go. 47. I tell you, her sins, he's still talking to Simon. Her sins, they are many. Her sins, you got a lot of sins. Don't let me start listing your sins. Pearl, don't let me start. I'm not going there. That's my wife. All right, don't let me start. I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. Stephen, can I come sleep at your house tonight? Whew, I'm sorry, baby. All right. Her sins, they are many, have been forgiven. So she shows me so much love. But a person who's forgiven little shows only a little Love. Then Jesus says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I love this story. Because the first thing the Pharisees wanted to address was her sin. They wouldn't even let her in the house. If she had a game, came close to him, they would have said, she's unclean. Don't you touch me, foul woman. Get thou behind of me. You guys know what I'm talking about. You tiptoe around those people. You know the story of the, of the, uh, the Good Samaritan, how those people walked around that person that was harmed and in danger. You walk around them all the time. You won't even walk on the same side of the road. You won't even go to, their, you won't even go to the north side, the south side. If you're, on the, if you're in that merchant, you will dare. This is the only time you're in Rome. I'm just. The Pharisees wanted nothing to do with this woman. And if you notice, that woman came to Jesus and never once did he stop her. That's the God we serve. The God we serve says, let me deal with this human being. This child of mine 
who I can tell is hurting, who I can tell has a heart that's humbly want God, want me to intervene in their life. Let me deal with this person's brokenness first. Once I deal with their brokenness, then I can deal with their sins. Not before. Because if I deal with their, their sins first, they want nothing, nothing to do with me. How do I know this? Because the church is a great example of people trying to deal with sin first. I'm not talking about, um, this is not, hear me out. I, I don't want to be like judgment, like I feel like a Pharisee. Tyler, I keep picking on Tyler. But I, I don't want to be that. I, I don't want to be pharisaical. I just want you guys to hear. If you hear what people say about the church, you will realize that maybe we need to change some things. Here's what, I'm fast forwarding, but I want to I say this quote to you guys. This quote by Kevin Max. He says this, the sad thing in the world, uh, okay, the sad thing is the world sees us, which is Christians, they aren't seeing Jesus. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christianity, of Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny his, him by their lifestyle. That is what unbeliever, unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. When the world sees the church, you know that most people aren't turned off because they've never been to church. Most people are turned off because they've been to church. And they have experienced the church. Today, I want you guys to realize, and we can go change, we don't have to be that way. This church, other churches in our community are doing the same thing. They're helping our people to realize our poop stinks. Let's clean it up and let's get this right. Because our ultimate job is to win people for Jesus. And just imagine, again, what would happen if every person I came in contact with, I didn't see them by their outward appearance. I didn't see them for, by their sin first. Because we all have sinned and all, all fall short of God's glory. What if happened for just one second if every person I came in contact with, I treated them like I would my child? Some of you guys are not good parents. Like a good child parent. I mean, we're not, we're going to be real. Not everybody like their kids. You're going to okay. That's a whole nother story. But as a good parent, every person you came in contact with, even when your kids mess up, when you're, my daughter was covered in poop. Pearl was working one day. Ella had one of those explosive, she's not in the room. Ella had one of those explosive poops. It went through her clothes, her two-layer, her onesie, her diaper, all up her back. I'm talking about like up in her hair. It was nasty. Pearl couldn't even save the outfit. She just had to cut it off. (laughs) Parents, you know what I'm talking about. When you love your kid, you deal with it because you care that much about them. What if everybody we came in contact with, we treated them like that? We see them for the person they are. Okay. But why is this important? Why do we want to change how we perceive and how we view people? I'm going to give you guys a couple things. I'm going to tell you, first of all, because our perspective is wrong. I'm a, again, I know I said this before. I want to clarify. Your perspective is wrong. Here's what it says. First Samuel 16, 7. If you don't know the story, Samuel was going to anoint a king. He went to a family, and he was judging people by their outward appearance, which we do. And it says this in 1 Samuel 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by appearance or height. 
for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Hmm. Paul even said this in Romans 7, 18. I know that there's nothing good that lives in me. Paul was like, you, not just I don't judge people. I know that my views and what, what's in me, there's nothing good in me in my natural side, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So, this is Paul saying, so I have stopped evaluating others from human point of view. At one time, I thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently, how differently I know him now. You guys, our view is wrong. I know your perspective. You grew up that way. You can't help it. You're right. I grew up that way as well. Again, I grew up hating country music. Some of you guys still here hate country music. I get it. That's all good. My perspective was the same way. It was all about rap, Tupac and Biggie. You know what I'm saying? Live and die in L.A. But we're not even going to go there. That's how I grew up. I got outside my circles and realized, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of guitar, a little bit of drug. All right, never mind. A little bit of hound dog and a little bit of luck. All right, never mind. Your perspective is wrong. God just, he didn't just make, he didn't just make black people from Detroit. Let me just look at this African-Americans, black people from Detroit. My little subsection, he also made black people from the Virgin Islands. He also made black people from Africa, Africa. He also made black people from uh, England. That's a whole nother subsection, right? Even within the black culture, African-American culture, there's still, still different subsections. He made black people that live amongst white people. <laughs> they are a lot different. <laughs> You're not alone. You are not alone and you're not the only one. You're not alone because you're not the only one that sees it wrong way. And your group of people is not the only ones out there. God's heart is for everyone. So, because our perspective is wrong, because we see it, because it's wrong, that's why we need to see it from God's perspective. Second thing is, because God wants to use us to tell others about him. 2 Corinthians 5.18. It'd be different if God didn't want to use us. It'd be so different if all he did was to save us. That would be so much easier. I ain't got to worry about being up here preaching on Sunday, sweating like a pig. Right? I ain't got to worry about acting a certain way. I can go about my business. I'll be, again, with Pastor Jody drinking Guinness in Scotland. He's not going to Scotland and drinking Guinness. I'm just crazy. Don't pay no attention. Corona, maybe. All right. All right, sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. I want you to... <laughs> okay, because our job is to tell other people about Jesus. All right, here it goes. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says this. This is the passing translation. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. Our job is to reconcile others to God. You know how, what a recon, recon, reconciliation, I'm, 
when you reconcile financial documents, right? That's the, the picture. You, I'm not even going there because that's, that's above my pay grade right now. All right. Acts 1 8 says this But you have re- received power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling to tell people about me. Our job is to see things from God's perspective so that he can use us to tell other people about him. Because he never wanted us to just tell the people around us, the people that are just like us, the people that root for Michigan or the Detroit Lions, the people that like to sag their pants and wear Jordans, the people, right? He didn't just mean, he meant for you to reach outside your walls and save your future wife. That's what I did. I was the one that brought her to Jesus. I'm joking. (laughs) I'm just the example of Jesus in her life. That's all that is. All right. He wanted to use you to reach other people, not just the people that you're familiar with. Okay. The fact is, how we see people is limiting us on how much God can use us. Imagine if you got out of the way of God using you. Like, just, just imagine God wants to use you, but you're standing right in front of him, blocking the way. Nope, God, I'm not going that way. Nope, I'm not going that way. Nope, I'm not going that way. That way, that's a cheeseburger, I'll go that way. Right? You are actually getting in the way of God using you. How horrible the thought is that I'm the reason that God is not reaching more people through me. There was a song back in the day that went, it ain't my fault. Some people know you. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> Jesus, be with us. The fact is, it is your fault. It is your fault. You did do that. You got in the way. All right. Why is it important to begin to see people the way God sees them? First of all, because we're wrong. Our perspective is wrong. Second of all, because we're getting in the way and God wants to use us to reach other people. Third of all, because we are Christ's representative. I want you to understand anyone who is in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. Old things are gone. Behold, all things become new. And when you receive Jesus as Lord of your life, you, what you're doing is you're proclaiming that, God, you have the way. Y'all know Jesus take the wheel is more than Jesus just take the wheel. It's Jesus, you are in control of my life. I will no longer do the things that I think is right. I will no longer say the things that I think is right because I am now a representative of Jesus. I'll, I'll prove it to you. And Galatians, okay, in 2 Corinthians 5, 20, it says this. This is Paul speaking. He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Do you know what that word ambassadors mean? Like when a king sent out an ambassador to a country, he sent out a person that will speak and say the things that only he speaks and says. They will do only what he, they are told to do. Ambassadors don't have a mind of their own. No, I dare to say, you do not have a mind of your own. The only mind you're supposed to have is Christ living through you. Yes, I understand. Ooh, that was loud. I get that you have a personality. I get that you have things that you want to accomplish. 
But you laid all those at the feet of the cross when you say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord of my life, so come have your way in my life. You are now an ambassador. You are no longer allowed to think only the way you thought before. Ambassadors die to all that. Which means ambassadors have to go to places they don't want to go. Ain't that right, Gigi? Ambassadors got to go to places they don't want to go. They got to hang out with people they may not necessarily wanted to hang out with. My, my wife did that. She became an ambassador of Christ and married me. She didn't want that. She said, I wasn't going to marry somebody out my race, somebody younger than me, and somebody that's a pastor. <laughs> she got all three. <laughs> Ambassadors are not allowed to have their own say in the matter. The reason Pastor Jody is going to Scotland is because he's an ambassador for Christ. The reason Gigi is reaching out to the homeless community is because he's an ambassador of Christ. The reason that Jason Emerson is a fireman is because God told him to do it. He's an ambassador for Christ. You understand? Everything, whether it's a pastor, whether it's serving the homeless, whether it's a fireman, whether it's a garbage man, you do it because God told you to do. You're nothing but a lump of clay in his hands, and you mold and shape it to what, whatever he chooses to use it as. Okay. Let's go. So, you're an ambassador for Christ. You have to represent him. And if you're going to represent him well, you need to do it like Jesus did it. Because final point is, because his way works. (laughs) We can get another amen for that. His way works. Here's what it says. It says that in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. If God's thoughts were like my thoughts, I want to tell you we would be in some serious trouble. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but my thoughts sometimes can be really messed up. And I'm a kind of, I'm an okay, nice guy sometimes. But my thoughts, some people would die right now. Okay. I'm going to call Mr. Bruce up because we're going to close. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. The reason this is so important is because God ways works. When he wants to reach people as the creator of the universe, he knows the very thing that's going to break people's heart for him. He knows what to allow and what not to allow. He knows the people that will speak into his life. You guys ever had those moments when you fell down and out and you just felt like you just needed something from God? Let me explain. One night, me and my wife, our normal routine is we put the kids to bed, not saying they go to bed. But they're out the room. They're out of our hair for that time, right? We, we send them on their merry way. We chill in our, our sunroom and watch TV and do whatever, blah, blah, watch TV and, and talk or whatever, right? At this time, it was getting late because my wife's a night owl. She goes to bed 3, 2 o'clock. I don't know. She's crazy, right? I went to bed, and I felt like God, while I was getting in the bed, laying down, about to pass away, pass out. <laughs> Not pass away, pass out. Sometimes my sleep feel like I passed away. You know what I'm saying? But I pass out. And I felt like God said, go give your wife a hug. 
So I went in there, I gave her a hug, and then I went back in my merry way and went back to sleep. The next day, I think she asked me, or whenever she asked me, I said, why'd you do that? I just felt like God wanted me to do that. Come to find out, she had asked God for just a hug right now. Do you see? God knows everyone's heart. He knows the things you need. He knows when you need to hear, you did a good job today. He knows the, the, the moments you need to get good, good kick swift in the behind me. Because God knows me. God sees that. He knows what I need best. So if you're able to see things from God's perspective and begin to tap into these things, God can use you more and more because his ways are better than our ways. His ways actually do work. There was a study done. I read in this book. Reading this book. I listened to this book. <laughs> I listened to books. I, and there we go. That's my reading. I was listening to this book. It's called Unchristian. And in this study, they did a study of they, a missionary group decided they were going to go to an area, a foreign land, and they were going to evangelize to as many people as possible. And they did this over a 100-day period. This other group said, you know what? We're going to go there as well. But instead of evangelizing, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to love on people, see their needs, whatever they do, and we're just going to, we're going to reach people. After 100 days, the missionary had won one person to God. Not that evangelizing was bad. Their approach was off. Because you look at the people that just went there to care and, and love on people, their hope was not to preach to them. Their job, they didn't say, we're not even going there for that. All we want to do is just love on people. I just feel like God wants to do it this way. You find out that this different group, they had reached over, I want to say, 40, 50 people in this 100-day period. People that committed their life to Jesus because they did it God's way. Sometimes our ways are off. If we want to see people's life transformed, you're going to have to change your perspective. This whole series, this whole month, the churches in the area have been looking at perspective, seeing through God's lenses. And we're telling you that Jesus first saw people's heart. He first saw their potential. He first saw their faith in God before he ever dealt with their sins. Your job is not to deal with their sins when you interact with them. Leave that for God. As I spit, I apologize. Your job is just to love people and be God's hands and feet and be obedient to whatever he tells you to do. Because when you do that is when God gets the glory. Life begins to change and our world will be transformed. If you truly believe that Jesus is for everyone, change your perspective. Begin to do things the way God calls you to do things. I know you think you know what's best, but there's a way before every man that ends in destruction. God is here today telling you guys that if you really want to see your family changed, do it my way. If you have kids that you're like, man, I don't know what to do with them, begin to do it God's way. If you have siblings, brothers and sisters, Lord knows I got a bunch of them that are not serving God, begin to love them the way God loves them. You have neighbors, begin to love them and see them the way God sees them. You'll be surprised to see life transform happen in your own backyard. Will you pray with me? Father, this whole series is about changing our perspective. Lord, we have been seeing it wrong, and we want to apologize. So, If you're here today, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, 
And you want God to help you to see things differently. You want God to change your perspective so you can begin to see like Christ sees them. I just want you to put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. I see those hands. Yes, thank you. I see those hands. Awesome. You can put those hands down. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. Listen, this is that pivotal moment in your life where you can actually cause people's life to be back with Christ. But first, before your perspective, have you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I've been coming a, a couple times and I'm, I'm, I want to I join this family. I want to I be a part of the Christian family. That's easy. We can pray together. So if that's you, everybody in the church is going to pray and we're going to repeat this prayer after me. We're just going to ask Jesus to be our Lord of our life, to come into our hearts and save us. And we're going to surrender this whole life to him. Will you repeat this prayer after me? Dear God, I thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I ask you, Lord, to become Lord of my life. I repent of my sins and I turn from my evil ways. Help me to live more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's clap it up for those who may have received Jesus the first time. First time. As Gary is coming up, I just want to say this last prayer because I know I asked you guys to change your perspective. So I didn't pray for that and I apologize. So let's pray real quick for that. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're changing our perspectives all across this room. That we begin to see things the way you see them, Jesus. Help our eyes. Remove the veils that have blinded us from loving on our brother and sister. I thank you, Lord, that will no longer be the case. We will love everyone and we will do it the way you want us to do it. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Such a good message to change our perspective on things. Our prayer partners are going to come up front now. If you need somebody to pray with you after service, these folks will be here available as long as you want. Uh, They're good folks to pray with up here. A couple things to remind you of giving. Um, So thankful and, and appreciative of your continued support. The church is going to be stretched this year. I just really believe in an outreach way to reach more people for Christ. So that's going to stretch each one of us to give more. So I'm just going to put that on your heart as, as the Lord does that for you. You can give online. You can drop checks or cash in the offering boxes. You can text to give. But just continue to support your local church here. Next Sunday is a very special time. We're going to have the commissioning, commissioning service for Pastor Stephen as our uh, senior pastor here. And uh, it's going to be a family service. There's not going to be any child care. So all the kids are going to be in here as well. And I think it's going to be fun because most of his family is going to be here. If you want to really get the, the scoop on Pastor Stephen, um, I think some of his brothers are going to be here next week. So you'll be able to meet them and talk to them as well. So that's next Sunday. We're really excited for that. Tonight is uh, part of the 21 Days of Prayer. Make sure you can come here tonight for uh, an hour's worth of prayer. I uh, really encourage you to do that. And also on the um, board out in the lobby out there, there's a prayer board out there. You can see some things hanging on there that people have wanted you to pray for. And if you've got something that you really need, there's some things in there to fill out, put it on the board out there, and somebody will pray for that as well. So if you want to stand here before we leave, we're going to send you out with a blessing out of Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you.
May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you, give you His peace. God bless you. See you here tonight. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.